This is the Human-Centric Investing Podcast with John Deal, where we look at the world of investing through the eyes of our clients. Take it away, John. Hello, financial advisors. This is John Deal, Senior Vice President of Strategic Markets at Hartford Funds. Welcome to Episode 30 of the Human-Centric Investing Podcast. Joining me today again on the podcast is Jill Slomsky, president of Niche Team. Jill, thanks for joining us again. Well, thanks, John. It's good to be back. We love this topic. So today we are going to continue, as I promised, our discussion about accidental sabotage, the things that financial advisors may be doing without even realizing it that may be damaging their efforts to strengthen or build relationships with their female clients. This is part two of our conversation, so if you missed part one, you may want to go back and listen to episode 29 before you listen to this episode. And also, as a reminder, there is a link in the show notes to the Accidental Sabotage Workbook that accompanies this topic. So, Jill, last time we were talking about advisors talking less about themselves, listening more to their their women clients. We kind of laughed about that odd moment of silence where men generally often see that as acceptance or we tend to write our own narrative into the into those silent moments. That's but right. what what other areas are advisors oftentimes unknowingly doing things? In fact, let's go a little bit stronger than unknowingly. We may actually be doing things that we think are really beneficial to the relationship when uh, if we really took a step back and really considered all the factors, we may actually be doing damage by participating in those things. Any thoughts that we didn't talk about last time um, that you think are especially important around this accidental sabotage? Absolutely, John. And the thing is, we really do want to stress the fact that it's accidental. No financial advisor would enter into a relationship and be doing these things knowingly, right? And so uh, a few things that, that we have found that as financial advisors seek to connect with these female investors who we've said are a great potential market for them is they make assumptions. They make assumptions based on uh, a woman's age or a woman's marital status. And, and boy, oh boy, you know, I, the four of us were involved in writing this and all four of us were women and not one of us fit any of those stereotypes, not one. And so as we were building this all together, we could understand that, you know, if an advisor is trying to say, well, if this person's single, then they this, or if they're in their early 60s, they're certain to be retiring. You know, but, and so you don't want to make any of those assumptions, which is why that communication piece that we talked about on the first part of the podcast is so important, getting to know her, you know, that it's about, the female investor, it's not about the FA selling themselves. Yeah, no, that I, you know, the assumptions that people make, especially you mentioned that, you know, a single woman versus a single man. If we just pause to think momentarily about how our views might be shaped by, you know, kind of the biases that are built in culturally. Right. And, you know, do we assume that that woman has children where she very well may not. Right. Or. Do we assume, as you said, that this woman is uh, is definitely going to retire or maybe she was newer in the job market or whatever it may be? We've got to put all those biases and assumptions. We've got to kind of check them a little bit, don't we, Jill? Right. 
got to take the blinders off. You know, when you look at, at new businesses starting, new businesses are currently being started by more men, by more women than men. And the average age of new business startups is in 50 and 60 year olds. So just mm-hmm. because someone is getting close to their early 60s doesn't mean they're heading out to pasture. They might be going after their next passion project. And so you have to be very, very careful about that and not making those assumptions. You know, that ask the good questions. Hey, Jill, can I ask you about something that, again, I think is totally accidental, but I've got to tell you, when this comes up in my conversations with advisors, um, it's 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 touchy how you handle the topic because I want to do it with with, you know, some some appreciation for what they're trying to do. But the advisor who says, you know what, you're right, I'm dealing with more and more client clients who are women. Um, my practice is changing. You know what we should do? We should hold a women's event. Uh, what sure. would your reaction be to that? Because I'll, I'll based on what you say, maybe I need to change my thinking. But how would you react to that? I would say good for you. Okay, but hold that thought. I would say good for you. You should have a woman's event. And my, our, we have a rolling marketing calendar uh, program that we do with our financial advisors. And on that rolling marketing calendar, I oftentimes hear things like fashion and finance, wine, women and wealth. Those are all wonderful because women do relate to each other very differently when it's only women in the room. But it can't be a token women's event like, okay, I had my women's event check. And then anything else that you do, you don't consider that they might be like to be invited to that also. Like don't, you know, if you're going to have some sort of a, a golf clinic, don't just have that be the guy event. They have a people event. And so you can certainly focus on the way women communicate and have a women's only event, but don't consider that to be a, a tick on your box of, of, okay, took care of that. Because I'll tell you what, women can, women will be able to um, pick up on that in a heartbeat. So it can't be a token event. There's the word I'm looking for, John. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, where we found more success is rather than just saying, hey, we're going to have a women's seminar. Why don't we have a workshop around a topic that is of great interest to uh, probably more women than it is men, even though, like you said, it's a people event. But, you know, topics on caregiving, right? Topics on not to say that it's always a woman who's a caregiver or never a man who's a caregiver, but we know demographically that women are in these kind of roles. Or as you mentioned, Jill, even how do we start a new business after age 60? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that exactly. may actually have more applicability to the to the female c- consumer, correct? And you know, absolutely. And John, you know, we we have our clients go through the top twenty five top clients, whether it's assets or commission, and uh, and and so you know, sometimes we expand that to fifty. And you're actually going to find financial advisors already have a niche of women in there to create events for them. So they may have divorced, they may have widowed, they may have women who are caregivers. Just like you said, you may have women in healthcare. Somewhere in there, you already have a female niche and you don't even know it. And so you might speak a certain language that resonates with women already with a little bit of analysis. You'll be able to hone in on that and create engaging ways for you to relate and communicate other than an annual review. And the other thing that's pretty phenomenal about women is they usually, you know, they love doing things in groups. Yes. And they will refer you. So if all of a sudden you have an event 
and it's talking about, you know, how to reduce stress for the caregiver. And, and, and bring your friends. They bring your friends. They refer three times more than men. So you can actually, with some very intentional efforts, really grow your business with people who communicate your value to other people and bring the assets that we know are coming and that are transitioning to women over the next five to 10 years. It's a win for everyone with very minor changes. So, but let's go back to the stereotypes, John, because I think that we do these things without knowing it. Right. Um, I remember going to buy a car with a friend of mine. I, I'm a single mom. And so I, and some, and so a friend said, I'll go with you. And the friend was a guy. And so I'm standing on a car lot. And the only person that the car salesperson was talking to was my friend. And he, he could feel the fact that my, you know, I was so frustrated. And finally, he turned to the car salesperson and said, she's buying this car and you better talk to her. She's leaving. You know, so think about the stereotypical things that we do without knowing. Like, do you, oh, and do you work? You know, when you're meeting with someone, oh, and do you work also? Well, why wouldn't I work? You know, right. so so going back to those assumptions and then doing things that are gender specific. You know, in the presentation, John, we have some really funny things that companies have done thinking that women will like it. And for example, pink computers, because every woman wants a pink computer (laughs) or I have financial advisors who have pink pens to attract women to their office. You know, how do you explain to someone who really thinks that that's a great idea? A pink pen is not going to draw in the affluent female investor who wants to have a good relationship and a conversation or, you know, or the old pink Cadillacs that were given as prizes. You go into, you know, you go into hotels and if you're a, a, a female business a traveler and a male business traveler, are you really going to give them different, um, you know, different things in a hotel room? It, it doesn't make any sense. And so to try to drop those stereotypes that granted we've all been raised with, they've been on television, they've been in, in books, literature. So you got to let go because there's so much opportunity out there. Yeah. You know, I, I had a, an advisor approached me this week and, and we were talking about the change in the financial services industry because our value proposition as advisors used to be, A, first of all, we were providers of information, right? Because other than newspapers, there wasn't a lot of financial information available. Well, now it's all available at our fingertips, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is that, you know, a lot of where we came from in the financial services industry was trying to communicate to our clients that this topic is very complicated, right? And you need a professional to help you sort these things out. And while I'm not going to disagree that there certainly are areas of financial planning that are extremely complicated, we got to understand that our clients are more educated than ever before. And they're very smart people. And oftentimes they may just be looking for the advisor to cut through the clutter. But again, about those biases. Now, Jill, I don't want to go the way of calling them sexist because, again, I think that's why, you know, you labeled it accidental sabotage is that I think men have to check themselves in this idea of thinking the reason I'm trying to help you is this is very complicated. And sometimes in serving a female client, that may be over the top trying to be expressed. Look, I'm going to simplify this for you as much as I can. This is a very complicated area. Well, the lady I'm sitting across from is a mechanical engineer, right? You want, you want complicated. Um, she could, she could wrap my head in knots around the things that she deals with every day. And so these are the things that I think it really helps to kind of check ourselves and our assumptions before we enter into these conversations. Wouldn't you agree? 
Oh, John, you're absolutely right. Matter of fact, when, when I am now coaching financial advisors on how to take people through a, a client meeting agenda, I actually have in there the question for new clients. What, what role do each of you have in finances in your home right now? And that simple question, oh, it is, it, it, it just levels the playing field. Okay. I'm just saying who does what instead of, mm-hmm. oh, do you work also kind of the old antiquated type of a thing? And it's, you know, and it, it just helps. And so, you know, sometimes just to, to remind yourself, there are actually just a little bit of speaking points in your client meeting agenda just to pull you back to center. So you don't go running off because you didn't mean to. It's accidental. It's just patterning. It's history. It's, it's how we were raised or, or, or society before. Well, and I think the complication here, Jill, and I know you're especially sensitive to it. We've talked about it whenever we talk about this topic is whenever you talk about one group of individuals for one particular reason, right? So we're going to target, uh, you know, investors over age 70, or we're going to target millennials, or we're going to target women. We, we always run the risk of generalization, right? And oh. how, how do you suggest you mention it as you and and the three other women were creating some of this content about how unique each of you were? Can you just take a moment to talk about how important that is within within a population to recognize the uniqueness of the individual? It, you know, I love the fact that you're saying that we all have these categories. But when we go back and look at and go back just a bit and look at women as potential and that we and that there are so many different education levels and there's so many different life cycle stages, because when we initially were going to do this presentation, we were going to take women through various stages of life cycles and realize that if four of us didn't have the same ones, then what would you know, exponentially, what was that going to impact as far as the listener was concerned? Right. So mm-hmm. you you. John, the key is to go back and ask questions. Get to know someone as a person, not as a female. So in your knowing, it's kind of like what's given. Given is that women want a relationship. They want connectivity. They want to be valued. They want to be heard. They're very educated. They're very discerning. Their connectivity of thought is exhausting for us and for the men in our lives. That we, that we want to have access to our financial advisor. And so when you're getting to know them as, as a target market, you have to start at ground zero and say, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little bit about how, how involved are you in finances to this point? What do you want from this partnership and what are your goals? And you will have them so loyal to you and so, and referring to you because you chose to get them know, to know them as a person. So you can know that as a woman, they're a fabulous target market for you. But get to know them as a person. And, and that's the key. No assumptions. Get to know them as a person completely, you know, almost without understanding the, the idiosyncrasies of the gender, but not making any, not applying any preconceived notions whatsoever. So I would think, Jill, in hearing you say that, that patience may truly be a virtue, right? And the oh. advisor that is. <laughs> trying to come to a productive relationship with a client, right? Right. And patience, and I think it's really important, John, that, that it's patience with the, the new client 
uh, understanding the value in the long term, but also patience with yourself. That as you sit down with that female investor with this newfound knowledge that potentially you've been accidentally sabotaging relationships in the past, that you're going to do a better job, that if you did if you did stumble over a question or if you did ask something and it felt uncomfortable to you but may not have been heard in an uncomfortable fashion, that this is worth it. You know, you know, by numbers, by education, by by assets and affluence, this is worth it. And 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 I'm going to go back to when I ask my financial advisors and I it, over and over again, what makes your favorite client? And it's the characteristics that you oftentimes experience when you have the female as a client. They communicate, they listen, they value, and they stay with you for the long term. And they always and they always introduce you to the next generation because they're now family and it matters. And I think, Joe, you know, I think it was in the in our previous podcast episode, we were talking about decision bracketing and how uh, women are concerned about how their decisions may impact uh, a, a more extended circle of relationships, if you will, than maybe a, a male client would. And I think one of the hypotheses that I've heard from the researchers that we've worked with, and I just wonder if you would validate this, is that, again, nothing's ever written in stone, but the researchers shared with me that oftentimes women will take longer to make a financial decision because of a couple of things. One, that extended network does kind of tie them up a little bit in making sure that they can be as confident as they can in the decision. And secondly, they told me that women are much deeper researchers than men are. Uh, so they will vet their decisions, not just online through online information, but they'll vet it through their friendship network, people that they trust. They'll ask them what they think. They'll come back. They'll go back to the advisor. The advisor may answer some of those concerns or questions. They will then take what the advisor told them and revet it again through that network before coming to make a decision. Whereas oftentimes, you know, generally speaking, men are a little bit more sporadic, a little spur of the moment, a little more, yeah, let, let's go do this. And, I, you know, at least in my experience, I think advisors have to be prepared for that a little bit. Is that something that you would generally agree with? I do agree with that. Women, uh, women do go through that process over and over and over again. And it's exhausting to the FA and it's exhausting to women, but they're looking for the perfect answer because their level of care. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and so what we create, we have a, another, uh, practice tool for our financial advisors and it's a funnel. And, um, and it's a, and on it, we have 20 of our, current prospective clients who have money in motion in six months. And I oftentimes have, you know, people sit, they're only allowed to be on there for six months. And so, so we have 20 people who have money in motion, whether it's inheritance, rollovers, uh, sell of property. And, and, and it's how do you get them, how do you get them off of that funnel or off of that strategic pipeline? And when it's women, I, uh, we always suggest phrases that resonate with women. And it's a matter, and, and so, you know, for anyone, we say our next step, just tell them, you know, okay, our next step in getting you ready to retire is this. For women, it's a matter of, we know you're very busy and, and we, let's take this off of your list. Because women are have this connectivity, they have these to-do lists, they're trying to make perfect decisions in, in the present and in the future. And so to motivate women, to let them know that they've been understood by the advisor, to say, We've had, the, you know, this is this is what we have agreed is good for us for right now. We can make modifications in the future. 
Let's get this taken care of. Let's get this off of your list. I will take care of this and you can take care of the rest of the things that you have under your care. And, and it makes a difference, but it does take longer, but that patience is worth it. You know, the rewards for the client and the rewards, rewards for the advisor and their business is pretty significant. So Jill, in summary of, of the past episode that we just recorded and this current one that we're talking about today, if I'm an advisor, I'm listening to these two podcasts and I can see some of the things that I've been doing. I may need to change so on and so forth. But what is, you know, if we summed it all up, what are a couple, maybe one or two bullet points that you would say are the most important things out of these, out of all this information that advisors really need to be thinking about as we, as we really attempt to strengthen and build relationships with our female clients? What are those key points you would say in summary? Well, number one, it's about the female client. It's not about you. Don't sell her anything. Get to know her and what's important to her and share some information about you and why you are doing what you're doing and a little bit about your personal self. Number two, communicate wisely with those female clients. Remember that they they take a little bit longer to process information but it's not because they can't pick up on what you're saying. It's because they're assessing the impact. Um, and, and, you know, and when you're communicating with those women, make sure that you're not making assumptions that they're not in charge of the finances. And, and please remember, do not misinterpret silence for acceptance. And lastly, please remember that women want to be treated as individuals, not as a category, uh, that they have various needs and interests that cannot be put into an age group or into a marital status. And so get to know them as a person. It takes a little bit of time, but the rewards for both the client and for the financial advisor are significant. And Jill, I know we're developing the, this material into materials that advisors can use. We'll uh, develop them into presentations that we may be able to give to a, a given team or uh, an office We'll have uh, your thoughts and practices and a worksheet and summary uh, white papers. And so we really look forward to uh, to kind of learning from you throughout uh, those presentations and those materials. So on behalf of Hartford Funds, Jill, I just wanted to thank you for, for your participation in helping us and helping advisors uh, really think about uh, how we better serve our clients going forward. Well, thank you, John. It's been a great process, and we hope that the work that we've done really does make that big positive impact on advisors' businesses and and most certainly on the women that they serve. And for all of our listeners today, from all of us at Hartford Funds, we want to say thanks for listening to the podcast, and we will talk to you again soon on the next episode of the Human-Centric Investing Podcast. This podcast is intended for use by financial professionals or in conjunction with the advice of a financial professional. It is intended to be educational in nature and should not be construed as individual investment advice or a recommendation or solicitation to buy, sell, or hold any security or to adopt any investment strategy. It does not constitute legal or tax advice or fiduciary advice pursuant to ERISA rules. Jill Slomsky, Niche Team LLC, is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Hartford Funds, 